It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and uh, here as we chat um, about a funny thing about love, a new movie that's coming out, uh, that is out, that's available kind of-ish to be seen. I'll give you all the details about that. I get a visit with writer and director Adam White, and also maybe you've heard of this guy before, uh, Jonathan uh, Heater, Header, people mispronounce it all over the internet, and there's also a conspiracy theory as to why we haven't seen John in years. Uh, John, did you know that? As I did some research about us chatting, there are several YouTube videos about why we haven't seen John in such a long time. And it's just, it's, it's people I wanting attention. No. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's everything from you become a, a prepper for doomsday to uh, he's taking time to be with his family. That's true though, actually. But that's the, the family thing. That's not very exciting. No. Taking so, time to like just hang out with his family. I thought sure. it was going to be cooler than that. Sure. But, but the doomsday prepper, right? Like knowing that you start to like gather this group of people as, as disciples and it's really crazy. I had no idea that people thought that about you. Welcome to the cultural it's, hall. You guys. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. We're, thank we're you. glad to be here. Now, before we started recording, uh, John said, what, this is a reacquainting. Now, Adam, uh, he directed and wrote, if I'm not incorrect, the film Inspired Guns, yes, which was episode number 112 of the Cultural Hall. So a good 445 episodes ago, we wow. visited about that film. And Adam was also uh, the director of me as I paid the pivotal one line role of Bishop Butcher or something like that. As you I remember sat. what your line was? Uh, uh, yeah, Bishop Butcher. And then I fell asleep or something like that. It was close to that. That wasn't even close. It was It was something about, oh, the butcher. It was something like that. Yes, it was the butcher. It was the, the butcher. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a, it was brother butcher. Brother butcher. Yeah. Well, listen, I was, I was um, just prepping for the sequel where now because he's come up in the faith, he is a bishop. So that's fine. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> John, John has no idea with what's going on here. How are you, John? Yeah, just observing. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to observe this way. Yeah. No, no, you no, fine. a profile shot of John yeah. looking at me. Now, uh, John, obviously everyone wants to talk to you uh, whenever they visit with you about Napoleon Dynamite, but I would like to know how you got involved in Funny Thing About Love. Um, they uh, just offered a, a fair price. <laughs> He came out to California with maybe a, a, is it a briefcase? Give me an idea. What are we talking? It, was it a Venmo transfer? Yeah, it's, it's not briefcases anymore. It was a briefcase emoji on the Venmo transfer. Ah, but, ah. Um, with like dollar sign, dollar sign, but not three dollar signs. So I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like, so it's not quite in those digits. Um, Two dollar sign offer. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I, uh, I got involved because I was sick of not working in um, COVID uh, era, which we still kind of in. Um, and uh, no, it was, and there's just so many whites to go around, Adam White, Brooke White, so and everybody in Arizona is like named white. Sure. And funny enough, they're very white. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's nice. It's nice. And, uh, but no, I had worked with Brooke on a on one of her music videos and really enjoyed working with her. So that was really like, I didn't know anybody involved. And then Brooke reached out and said, Hey, do you want to do this? I was like, no, but if you're doing it fine. Yeah. Um, so we had a blast. It was great. And Brooke White, if people don't know from American Idol, I think season four, season seven, it's one of those earlier seven. season eight or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
or early on as far as that goes. So Adam, you're, you're writing this film and is it a similar kind of uh, path for you? You're like, listen, I can only stand being home, being around family so much. Let's write this thing and let's start doing this. Or, or how did you kind of go after this project? Yeah, I, I really, there was actually a different movie that I was thinking about filming next and it was a totally different genre. And then during the lockdowns, I, I had started this script and I was like, you know what, I have all this time, I'm going to finish it. And it actually just came together really fast. And so at that point, I was like, well, let's let's do this thing, man. Let's just go. I, we were able to raise the money really quickly. And, and I was like, well, let's let's make it. Even though it's COVID, let's let's get some people over here and film this thing. From both of your perspectives, what was it like filming a thing during COVID? I've heard some crazy stories about like how you have to, for the Screen Actors Guild, I think you have to have like an assigned person for COVID precautions or, or what was it like as you guys did that? Your perspective. My perspective? It was the yeah. first, um, you know, they had a, I don't know if they had, they probably had someone, I don't know if I met him, maybe I did, but we, you know, we had to wear a mask, in, you know, to and from set and just kind of exactly what you expect. All the crew had masks and everybody, they used Purell and wiped down all the equipment whenever they were, you know, ready to go. And then once the actors A team got on a set, then we got to like mess everything up and we got to like put our body fluids on everything and just ruin it all. <laughs> Was it, is that about how you saw it, Adam? The body That's, fluids? That, that, I remember it like that actually, at least with John. Um, bodily fluids everywhere it was good though i i didn't like it because i had to wear a mask mm -hmm. and you know with a character like him and, and him and brooke together they're very both very big personalities so trying to keep them quiet enough for me to give direction was was always a, a trick but it, it's a bit of a gamble though isn't it i know a, a few people that tried to do productions whether they were like local stage productions or movies like this and because someone on the set would get it, they'd have to shut down for a few weeks. And it, and it is sort of a roll of the dice to get something like this produced in that time. Yeah, if, it, if anybody would have got COVID, we would have been shut down completely. Like we just would have not ever finished. So we had a guy, we had a crew guy who said, if nobody gets, if none of the actors or the crew get COVID for the entire two weeks that we mm -hmm, shot, mm -hmm. then he's going to read the Book of Mormon or he'll, he'll accept the Book of Mormon. No, he said he'd read it. And I've, read it. I've been harassing him ever since. And we did. And we, and we were successful. So yes. Yeah. yeah. That we were blessed that way. Is, is he around? Or are we going to chat with him? Do we, is that the beginning of a story that in years time we'll find out about uh, his conversion and his family? Today. I think yeah. he's baptized today. So that, he couldn't make it. That's, it's a good story. We don't have time to talk about it though, but yeah. <laughs> No, he, I actually just reached out to him the other day and I was like, hey, let's, hey, how's it going? Have you read the book yet? And he, and he told me that he took it on a trip filming another movie and lost it. What? And so he wanted me to give him a new one. Wait, that's the one that had all our like, I know. testimonies. Somebody's got a everything great written in that. That's, that's a really, we should look on, worth money. We should look on eBay for that yeah. because it's got like autographs and all that stuff in there. So. You you should just send him to whatever Marriott he's closest to, and he'll be able to get one there to replace it. And then he can just come. Oh, he was at a Marriott and it didn't have, there wasn't one in there. So well, I don't know if they've stopped that, but anyways, we'll have to call up Billy Marriott and see. <laughs> so as, as you guys talk about this, obviously the film, funny thing about love, it's, it's not an LDS film. Is it in that genre at all? No, no, not at all. It's, it's just a movie. I mean, it's a family friendly. So it, okay. I guess in that way, the LDS audience might like that, but it's really just a fun family, family oriented, you know, ensemble rom-com. It's a lot like, let's like a throwback to the nineties rom-coms. They were family friendly. 
but mm-hmm. a lot of really fun characters, not just the leads that are fun, but, you know, and that was what really we were going for. So what, yeah. what's the difference for you, uh, Adam, with doing, because Inspired Guns was very much on the nose, an LDS film, and then to, to do something like this, do you like doing one more than the other? Yeah, I'll tell you the difference is that people give a crap a lot more when it's not an LDS movie. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you, no one cares and, and nobody can ever even remember the name of Inspired Guns, even though the movie has really good ratings on Amazon and, and there are some big fans of it, but they just it's just not something that people get excited about, frankly. So I probably would never do one again. Really? Unless, unless somebody just said, hey, here's $10 million, make a great Mormon movie. I'd be like, okay, sure. If, if you want me to that bad. But uh, that would be the only scenario probably that I would do it. Huh, huh. Uh, John, when uh, Adam's talking about these kind of big lovable characters from the 90s and these rom-coms, I think that's probably where you step in on this film. Tell me a little bit about your character and, and, and how that was to be uh, able to participate. I got to play the, bro- I play the brother of the lead character, Sam. Uh, my character's name is Charlie and he is just kind of, you know, her... I think her older brother. Mm-hmm. Older okay, brother. yeah, and and it's supposed to be kind of the wiser older brother looking out for her, helping her. In the whole film, she's kind of struggling with these decisions. You know, is this the right guy? Is this the right guy? Or should I sell the business? Should I not sell the business? You know, she's just she's kind of conflicted with all these decisions, and so kind of every, everybody around her, including me, are trying to impart our little nuggets of wisdom, at least in the way we see the world. And so each of us has our own perspective. And I'm kind of more like this greaseball older brother who, you know, who just is kind of a big kid at heart. And he, um, and so the only kind of wisdom he can give seems silly, but I think there's some truth in there that uh, Sam kind of pulls out. And so it's great. I also, uh, you know, from being able to see the trailer, one of the things that, that I love is sort of the reoccurring device of like, do people still say Roland? Do they still say, you know, and it seems like that's probably a through line within it. Was that something that script didn't have it? And you were like, no, this would be kind of funny and brought it in. Or was that strict script? I'd love to say that, but everything funny I do in the film is straight from this guy. You know, (laughs) he just is a workhouse, a factory of comedy um, with a capital K. Uh, It's just silly and wacky. Here's the 50 bucks. I promised you. Yes. Here we go. Venmo that over. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think that was scripted. That Which, was what scripted. part was it? All the stuff about like, Hey, do they still, uh, do they still say, no, that was, that was scripted. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. Scripted. But, but it does, but it does. Be- it's the delivery, the delivery that was priceless yeah. that he could have never written. When I, when I pictured it, somebody doing that, it wasn't nearly as funny as when he did it. <laughs> he had Nick Cage originally in his mind is sure. it's, it's not working. <laughs> He's not delivering. Right. We, we yeah. needed something else. How, how is that on the set, though, uh, for you, Adam, in particular, or John, when people bring you in? Is it sort of like, a, hey, we know you're funny. Let's see what you do. Or are you a guy who just likes to have it on the page and, and be able to deliver it in a funny way, but you don't want to have to be creating it on the spot? I mean, for me, it's like it's either way. It just depends on the project. It yeah. really depends on what the vibe is and what the style or the tone that the director is trying to create. Uh, some movies and some projects call for a lot of your own spin and, and a little improv and then others. And we did some improv. We had some fun. We have a lot of really fun guys uh, and people involved. Um, so we got to have a couple moments like that. Uh, and then other projects, you know, you just want to like stick to the script because it's too good. 
Yeah. With two weeks of production, if I heard that right, Adam, that seems like an insane amount to be able to film everything like this in two weeks. Walk, walk me through that. Was that just uh, a roll of the dice to try and beat the statistics of, of getting COVID or why so quick? Yeah, that was 100% COVID. Yeah, we just couldn't, we just didn't want, I mean, the longer you, you're all together, and, you know, people are spreading out and coming back, it just it was too risky. So we just said, we'll just do it in two weeks. And, you know, I was surprised at how, how we were able to complete our days every day, you know, and we only had to reshoot something one time, hmm. you know, and, and it just, what was that? It was just the kids. Is it all the only, oh. the only thing reshot was the kids, um, the Thanksgiving scene. I just didn't, you know, working with kids, it's harder to get the performances you want. So other than that, that was it. Yeah, kids are the worst, right? Can we get an amen? But I animals mean, are number one. Okay. Kids and old and elderly are like. <laughs> yes, working with, I mean, Barry Corbin, we have Barry Corbin in this movie and he's, he, he will end up being the, the crowd favorite, but. Uh-huh. But, but it, it took a long oh, time man. to get there, buddy. No, it's, <laughs> well, it, it's it was, he could not remember his lines. And so that was, that was the, the struggle was trying to get him through because he would just, instead of not, instead of saying, I don't remember my line, he would just stutter through it and kind of just like pause. And do they all do that? Even the youngest of us no, do that. Listen, he was that was, you weren't in the editing room. Okay. We had, we did some clever editing. He looks like a genius. Let's yeah. just put it that way. So at the beginning of that story, I thought you were joking. And then as we get to the end, it's like, no, I think he's being serious. That guy probably struggled with his lines. But he, but he's a ama- he's an amazing actor, and like I yeah. said, he'll see the show. But it, but you know, it's just it, it was it was just a you know he had he has a big monologue in the movie mm-hmm. that you know he's like at one point he's like just tell me the lines and I would just feed them to him and then he would do them and you know anyways it's definitely a memorable part of of uh, creating this film I would imagine John for you what. Uh, whether it's, you know, the restrictions from COVID or the opportunity to work when you weren't working previously or whatever. Is there a moment within the film that you uh, will walk away and say like, man, this was the the most memorable, whether it's something we'll actually see on the screen or something behind the scenes? I think it's more what you don't see. I mean, hopefully you see it on the screen, but for me, I mean, my favorite thing about making movies, if it, if it's pulled off right, is uh, just the people involved. I love like the cast. We all got along really well. And it's like, we all, it's mostly all like, we all play a family and we just felt like family. We, you know, we'd hang out, we'd have fun. And that is always hopefully making a good project. But if you get along with the other actors and the crew, then you normally that comes out and mm-hmm. on screen and you can feel that. And I hope that, I hope we come off that way. Yeah, you, I can feel the love. You see the love. <laughs> You know, actually, can we, you see? I'm going. going to stop there. Okay, thank you. No, no um, I'll join you. Listen, if you go, we can try and zoom duet, John, but it is nearly impossible. The analytics are going to show a big drop off of, of traffic at that point. If, um, I, we we put all the actors together in one hotel that's that was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and that so that was really they were at the hotel or on set, and those are the only kind of the two places they were you know deliberately because of covid so they got to hang out together you know when they weren't filming and then when we were filming on set obviously there's lots of time to hang out so there was it was it was a it was a little bit of a party fun time together so so as we chat about this and as i introed uh you guys and also the film um like it's available because today as we record this there's going to be a screening of this for people to see but also like it's not widely released yet but it's also maybe in the future let walk me through some of that oh yeah so today we just 
we have a screening like the Utah premiere is what we're calling it. So, mm-hmm. so we're all here in Utah to, to go screen it with a, a big group of people. And then after that, it actually doesn't come out until December 3rd. So December 3rd, it will be available in theaters and on demand everywhere. So it'll be a wide release. Is, is there any thought that like, if you show this for a wider, wider audience today, if something comes back repeatedly from everyone, like, can you adjust it or is it, is it set? And you're like, this is the thing. Here we go. December 3rd. You mean changing the content of the movie. Yeah. Cause I, I, yeah. I have been in one of these audiences before where, you know, it's a little bit early on and I watch it and then I go and watch it in the theater and I'm like, yeah. And the end of this will blow your mind. And then it gets to the end and it's completely different. Cause I was able to see it beforehand. Is, is, is it set where this is the film we're going after? Yeah, it, we're, This is it. Yeah. We, we, we did it. We did some test screenings for sure. Like three or four of them. And, you know, while we were like in the last phases of editing and we were able to change some things that, that, you know, just simple things that clarified things better or short, trimmed scenes down or whatever. But yeah, this is it. This is the movie's finished. We're happy with the product awesome. and we think people will like it. And you said in theaters and also on demand, people will be able to check it out. Yeah. On demand in theaters, same day, December 3rd. Uh, and where on demand? Cause there's about a bajillion on demands. Is it all on demands? Yeah. Anywhere that you can rent or buy a movie. Okay. Amazon, iTunes, iTunes um, Google Play, feel, yeah. YouTube, you, and then a bunch, of, a bunch of more, you know, just obscure ones. But the, those are the main ones, obviously, that people use. So, And, and I hear um, from uh, John's bunker, because now he's a doomsday prepper, he's made some DVD copies, apparently, and he'll be distributing those as well. Is that if correct, If you want to get them now, you have to book a ticket to... Uh, um, the Philippines, they have a really good bootleg market down there. Uh-huh. Um, I know right there. And uh, I remember the street in Cebu. It's really great. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to book. It might be by the time you get, you know what? Just wait till you see it. In the Do we get cut of that? You know? <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh-huh. That's why if you want to see it early. Dang. Yeah. Uh, the last question before I let you guys go is uh, what's next? Obviously you're right in the thrust of this. So for someone to say what's next when this isn't really this yet uh, may, may be a little bit assuming, but I would be curious what, what else is, is on the agenda for the upcoming months or, and or That's years. Actually the right question to ask, because normally people say, what are you working on now? Uh-huh. And I was like, well, you're talking now. I'm not working on anything right now. If I was yeah. working on something, you wouldn't see me. Mm. That's a good mm. point. So, what, well, what but you, yes, well, there's you always just something, something didn't you? What was that? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, my next thing is, well, hopefully we'll see. Uh, it's called Top of Wingo's, uh, just an independent film. Another one I uh, shot in the summer, cool. uh, which will hopefully be in some festivals and it's coming out sometime next year, hopefully. Yeah. What about for you, Adam? I have I have another movie that I, I want to do now. It's a it's a sci-fi thriller, so it's not a totally different genre. That that will be the one I probably pursue the hardest. Although there's another idea in my brain that I just had somebody start doing some drawings for that that is might be a little bit bigger, but we'll see. Now, because it is the cultural hall, uh, there is a question that we ask everyone, and I I should ask that of the two of you individually and to interpret it however you may. The question remains is. What is your favorite part of your faith? Oh, that's a, that, I thought it was going to be like, what's your favorite hymn? Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite part of my 172. Faith. That's mine. You're talking, wait, which 170? Oh, really? What is that? In humility, our savior. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Favorite part of my faith. Um, wow. Geez. Changing gears here. Yeah. You know, that, that's what we call the hard shift. 
<laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, I think my favorite part is just getting, it sounds so weird to like, we're, it's like Sunday now, but um, uh, getting to know Jesus, our savior, it's just like having that relationship with him and, and learning about him and everything. That's, that's my favorite part. That's cool. a good answer. I can't beat that answer. My, I think for me, probably the, I should have gone second. Yeah. You should have gone last, but <laughs> we should have closed with that. Uh, I, I would say probably uh, just learning from the book of Mormon for me is, is something Ooh, that, that I love. That's a close second. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes a first, right? It no. could be. Well, it's all about Christ. Uh, so, true. so it's that's probably true. just one and one A, but that to me is the, I, I love that. I appreciate the conversation. You guys letting me go wherever we want. Uh, John, if you need uh, water buckets for your bunker, let me know. I have a great line on them. We can get them transported out there. You should look it up. It's crazy stuff that people say on the internet. I don't know why but I'm glad you're spending time with your family. Adam, great to see you again. You too, uh, I, I feel left out that I didn't get to have the one line that 10 years from now I wouldn't remember in this film, but I look forward to being in a sci-fi thriller and having that one line. Yeah, uh, sure. you, I, I'll get you in that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to bring Jason into the conversation and let you guys go ahead and step out. Thanks for being here, you guys. Thank you. See ya. Buddhas. Ho, ho, ho. This is Danta Claus from PC Laptops in Salt Lake City. Would you like to save huge, massive money this holiday season? Don't throw out that old computer. We can transform that old, slow, or broken down desktop or laptop into fluffy, high-speed goodness, no matter what brand it is. Just bring your desktop or laptop computer in for a free diagnostic. The diagnostic is 100% free, and there's no obligation. We're so great at making computers faster that if we can't fix or upgrade your desktop or laptop, we'll buy it from you. Have I lost my mind? Want to trade in your old computer? We have brand new lifetime warranty desktop computers from $29 a month and we'll buy your old computer. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC laptops, desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Call us at 1-877-596-7283 for details or check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com where we love you. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of the Cultural Hall as we visit with Jason Gray, we're talking about a funny thing about love. You play an Esquire of all things. <laughs> Tell me yeah. about uh, who you play in this film. Yeah, I play. Uh, so my my uh, my name is Bryce Jones Esquire. I'm a lawyer. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, the typical... Uh, uh, boyfriend, the fiance who cares more about money than love and needs to learn a little more life lessons, uh, mm -hmm. work on his emotional maturity. Um, but I think he's more lovable than your typical like jerk boyfriend on a lot of these rom-com movies. Well, and Adam described it as sort of a return to the 1990s kind of rom-com. Do you feel like that's where you're at and what the film is? Yeah, I yeah, definitely. I think it does have a fun little 90s throwback. Um, just kind of the, the whole 
family gathering, um, the, the, the music, everything has kind of a fun 90s homage, you could say. But now, as I watch it, though, and as soon as I'm introduced to you, I sort of feel like I, I know what's going to happen uh, to you. And so, you know, it, it, it creates the question of is there more of the journey of that or do you feel like this is kind of prescriptive in its in, it, in its devices? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, there's a fun little twist that, uh, with my character. The fact that um, the other romantic lead uh, who's Kayvon, um, his character, he's a stand-up comedian. And so I happened, I'm like his number one fan. Like I idolize this guy. Mm -hmm. And so while I've got this bromance going, he's kind of uh, not deliberately undermining my relationship, but I don't really see it coming because I'm, uh, I'm so infatuated, uh, with the other character. Which so I think it creates this fun little love triangle that you don't see in a lot of romantic movies. Yeah, absolutely. Now, people that will come into uh, th- this episode and this conversation, uh, you know, a lot of people know John certainly from Napoleon Dynamite, and we've had the luxury of being able to visit with Adam um, before in the cultural hall. So tell me a, a little bit about you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm J- Jason Gray. Um, I got my start. Um, with acting um, at BYU, um, I uh, joined a sketch comedy group, um, and then we were we pitched our little college group to BYU TV. Um, it's a, it's basically the family friendly version of Saturday Night Live, and uh, we had a few of our sketches go viral. Probably our most famous is the uh, Scott Ster- Sterling soccer sketches that even people like Conan O'Brien noticed, and that's why we were able to go on. Uh, his show and uh yeah it, it kind of s- snowballed from there but uh my plan was to be a dentist and somehow i ended up a sketch comedian i don't know what happened i mean very very similar uh a sketch comedy guy actor and a dentist i mean if you think about right. it uh um the similarities are endless like um you were just saying uh like um you know uh Actually, I don't know any of the similarities. <laughs> uh, also joining into the conversation, uh, Brooke and also Summer, whom I have never had the opportunity. Uh, I have uh, followed Brooke on social media for a while, but have never had the opportunity to meet her or even be introduced to Summer. So welcome into the conversation, you two. Thanks for having hey, us. I'm glad to be here. Why did he just sort of like, you know, said a little DM or something and said, hello, I would be happy. <laughs> Well, conversation. I mean, in a world where like the, a guy sends a DM and is like, True. hey, Brooke, you'd be like, mm, <laughs> yeah, delete, I guess. block, not sure what this guy yeah, yeah, is. You know what? You're probably right on that one. I would have been like, who's this guy? Yeah. Your, your husband's looking over your shoulder and it's like, yeah, we are. Make sure you get a snapshot of that picture if he starts showing up around here. <laughs> Uh, Summer, if people don't know you, give us a little bit of information about you, who you are and and how you came in to to be involved with this. Um, Well, I have been modeling and doing little acting stuff since I was young. And I um, most recently did Deal or No Deal. I was um, case 25. Yeah, you were. The reboot. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Listen, I and, and I know that you were trying to be case number 17. And I heard about the incident like with the billy club back behind the set and so i just want you to know if you need me to vouch for you 
Like Thank that, you. that it was never a high happened. heel. It was a high heel. That's our style. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, uh, people know Brooke from probably most popular from uh, American Idol. And I was corrected. I thought it was season seven. It's season eight. Uh, no, you, you know, John, it's hard to know when he's being serious when he's not. And that was one of the times where he was not. I actually, you were correct. Season seven. Yeah. See, you were right. If I ever get the opportunity to meet that John heater in person, I will take that high heel and he will never be a briefcase. I'll let you borrow mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You'll get used to it over time. You start learning real quick. You're like, "Hmm." Hmm. yeah. So, so Jason was giving me an idea about who he is in this film. Tell me a little bit about who you guys play. We'll start with Summer. Um, I play Samantha and she is a businesswoman. She owns a fashion brand. Um, at the beginning of the movie, I have a hard decision to make with my business, whether mm-hmm. I'm going to sell it for a lot of money or I'm keeping it. And I, I do love it. I've, I've built it and um, it brings me a lot of happiness. It's your baby. It's my baby. Mm. Then I'm also bringing my boyfriend this guy over there, the old Esquire himself. <laughs> oh man. Esquire. For the holidays to meet the family and this little lady over here. Listen, not my, if I have anything to do with it. My BFF <laughs> slash uh, sister-in-law. So she's married to, to my married brother. married to, to, to the uh, Charlie. Yes. To the jokester. Yeah. Has invited her brother. Cause in her, she would love. Yeah. So my brother is a little flame from the past and and, and, and because I'm married to her brother, I'm like, it's only right that you're married to my brother. So (laughs) I just kind of make it like a full-time job. Like if I have it my way, you're going to be, you know, it's a little bit of a, of a Cupid slash parent trap, but not parents, Mm -hmm. boyfriends and girlfriends. So, yeah, you know, that's kind of the premise. Two big choices or two big conflicts to resolve. Now, uh, in visiting with Adam about it, he, and I mentioned this to Jason, he sort of uh, coined it as like a, that sort of 90s rom-com, that good family <laughs> feel. Is, is that what you guys felt as you kind of engaged in this project? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a lot of fun. It's really, I mean, I think there's so much more comedy in it than most of the like romantic, like a, like a Hallmark vibe. It's it's definitely on the more sillier side of that. There's more funny moments, which does make it more of a fun watch, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it kind of harkens that kind of nineties rom-com vibe for sure. I would be curious, Jason, where, um, your background certainly in comedy and then you have someone like John and you have someone like Brooke and someone like Summer and you guys are all kind of quarantined, if you'll forgive the the crudeness of that term, both in the hotel and on the set, I would think that antics, if you'll forgive the the phrase, that antics would ensue both on (laughs) and off the set. Give me an idea of what that was like filming this. Yeah, it was super fun. I, uh, for one thing, um, uh, Summer and Brooke introduced me to The Bachelor. My wife has been trying to get me to watch it for years, but I'm like, I'm not watching that. But then I was like, I I mean, like, I'm not going to tell John Heater that I'm not going to watch The Bachelor in his hotel room. Well, you had another choice. You were in the bubble in the hotel. There was nothing else to do, right. really. Yeah. Just like or... it was The Bachelor or what else? You exactly. Know? So <laughs> I, I and so at first I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll, I'll humor them. But by the like second episode, I was in it to win it. That's yeah. Right. 
And then I got home after and I kept watching. So that's how I knew I, I was yeah. truly converted. But we actually had a group text that kept going so we could discuss like, well, yeah. what do you think what about happened? who's yeah. went home this week and who do you think it's going to be? And like that bonded us in a major way. Like really yeah. the bachelor's is such a bonder, you know, yeah. Yeah. together. I'm so it's thankful I, you joined us on that, Jason. Oh, I'm I'm grateful too. And my wife is very grateful. So it worked She's out. She's a convert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's what I think constantly when I watch The Bachelor. I think, you know what? This is uniting people the world over. I am so grateful yeah. for Can this. We be seriously, though, it really does. Even like during the pandemic and everything crazy, it's like this is something that we can get our minds off of an election, politics, the mm-hmm. COVID. It's like, was it's like a fun. I mean, you could argue there's some issues with the show, but like it brings us together. Right. The relationships on the show may be phony and not real, but the relationships (laughs) of the people watching are very real. They're very real. Yes. So so, I love that. And by the way, uh, I'm a I'm a married at first sight guy. Oh, Back, I haven't but, watched it. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Oh, Brooke, Brooke. <laughs> I know it's on TLC. Tell me what's it, what is it on? Uh, I, I think TLC, maybe Lifetime. No, I have other friends who like just say it's the best. We got to watch that. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that on our, we're going to get that on in our, our queue. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel like if we want to take this relationship and by this relationship, I mean, Jason and, and, and by virtue, Jason, his also wife, and then you, Brooke, and by virtue, also your husband and, no, and Summer. No, he doesn't. He actually doesn't unite on The Bachelor. That's a bummer. He can't, he can't seem to, like Jason, yeah. he's like, no, it's not for me. It's going right. to be no for me, dog. My husband too. He's like, yeah. no. I, I was oh. just going to say, Summer, I don't know about your marital status. Glad to know that there's a husband that we can rope into really bad TV as well. No. <laughs> yeah, he's not interested. I know. What are we doing? We need to uh, quarantine him. That's yeah. right. We just got to quarantine. Was there isn't any, any hesitancy towards doing a project like this during a global pandemic that you were like, man, I got to know this is this is for real and safe. Or was it just, yeah, it's my friends. It's some money. It's a job. Let's go do it. I mean, we knew that they were going to be testing a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely don't want to live in fear all the time. It was a great project and um, I thought it'd be fun. And as long as we, you know, try to be as safe as possible, I was down. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Uh, you know what? Uh, I live in California and it's like a different universe there than like Arizona or Utah, to be honest. Like I came here just recently and like no mask, you know, it's like, I'm so used to just that, but knowing that it was going to be like a, a, like a SAG project, I knew that there were certain standards like we were going to have to have. And that made me feel good knowing we were testing like every other day. I mean, what's safer than that? Right. right. <laughs> so I felt pretty good. And knowing that we were just kind of all in our little group, um, it was amazing that in two weeks, not a single person on set got, it was pretty incredible. So um, I think also, uh, like I overheard John saying, like, we were all in our houses for so long. We were all ready to like, come on, like, let us out let's for a do, minute. Let's, let's do go do stuff. something fun and make something. And it was really such a nice change of pace from that kind of pandemic life. We'd all gotten like really freaking used to. <laughs> what about for you, Jason, any sort of hesitation or anything like that? Um, no, not really. I mean, I was in when the whole, when everything shut down in March of 2020, I was actually in the middle of filming a movie, my first feature film. And we had to shut it down with like eight days left. And one of the main actors, uh, Colin Mockery from Who's Line is from Canada. And we had to fly him home before they shut the borders down. So honestly, we still haven't finished that movie, which is really sad because of the pandemic. So I felt like this was like a second chance to be like, 
because I was so bummed, like, oh, I didn't get to, it was my first feature. And then what are the odds that the whole world would be shut down, like on the first, my first time making movies? Maybe I shouldn't be an actor or something. Yeah. Maybe it's I It's a sign, this. clearly. <laughs> it's a sign for the Lord, yeah. <laughs> but then this happened, this opportunity, and I- um, And this uh, is a bigger sign. Yeah. Sign I would... that you need to do this because you're amazing. Oh my it's gosh. So funny. Can, I, can we just say for a second how good Jason is? I he paid was... them to say all this. <laughs> no. <laughs> He was in. the hardest for me to try to keep a straight face. Mm-hmm. I feel like Pat Finn was also amazing. He's so funny, but he played my dad. So I feel like when I laughed at his dad jokes, it mm-hmm. made sense within the world. Mm-hmm. But for Jason, I couldn't. So that made it really challenging. I mean, from day one, we did a Zoom instead of a table yeah. read, we did a Zoom read. And right away, like as soon as Jason jumped in, I think I I I slid into his DMs and I was like, Dude, you are so good. That was amazing. <laughs> Halfway through the script, I was like, holy crap, you're so good. He's but, so funny. but what's funny about Jason um, is a lot of things, but Jason has got like a very, like, how do I say it? Like, he's just such a chill person and he, you know. And then he brings But it. then he's like yeah, a flip of a switch and it's a character that he can go right into. And it's really kind of, it's so impressive to watch mm-hmm. and obviously very entertaining. So he didn't pay us, don't, he did it. He was good. Oh, yeah. You guys are very kind. I remember being very nervous because they rearranged. I was in the middle of filming uh, the TV show. I'm in a, the sketch comedy show, Studio C. So I could only miss a week of that. And so Adam, the director, rearranged the whole schedule so that I could be a part of this film which was super generous and kind of everyone because it threw off the whole production team and the actors <laughs> so I, I remember like that first day I was like man I better be memorized I better bring it or else like they're going to be like why did we rearrange everything to bring this chump in so super but, pro so yeah you guys you guys are great and Wh- uh it it all worked which of the three of you guys signed on first I didn't so Summer, as you start getting into this and then you see like Jason being added and, and, and then I presume with that, John is getting added and you start to see this sort of so group of- I believe when they when they had me, I was like, hey, I have this best friend that could play real, my best friend. And yeah, then, like we're real best friends in real life. So like, it wouldn't be too hard to play that on can, screen. Can we, you know, and then they had us Zoom together and, and you just can't fake real chemistry when you just- love somebody and yeah. you're We've been on you camera are, a few times together. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then, um, they mentioned John heater being a person that they wanted. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do. Yeah, so summer texted me. Do you think John will want to be in the movie? I was like, I don't know. Let me text him. Yeah. So I texted him and I said here, you know, I'm doing this little indie movie with summer. And actually I didn't know, I didn't know Jason yeah. was a part of it at the we time. Didn't know. Um, and actually I did a take, I did an audition with summer. We did mm-hmm. a little zoom audition. Mm-hmm. And so I found out I got the part and they were looking for someone to cast my husband. And so, yeah, I said, John, and I knew John, cause he was in my music video. He just does this really funny um, <laughs> video with me. And so, yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I knew him extremely well, but I was like, Oh, I mean, I'll reach out yeah. and see what he says. Right. And then literally had heard nothing from him or he was like, sure. You can pass my name on. And then the day before I came out to the set, he's like, Hey, so, uh, we're going to be husband and wife, huh? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I found out the day before that he had jumped on. And so, and then we all arrived at, well, well, mm-hmm. we did the t- table read and that's when everybody appeared on screen and we kind of met our little family. I, I love how that story plays together. And the only way that I feel like it could have maybe been better is if John is like your ministering guy in your ward, Actually, something like that no, and comes no. by and 
Wasn't that be funny? Well, I, the first time I met John, it was actually before I was on American Idol and just after he had done Napoleon, probably a year after I was, it's, you know, it's just a small world in the Mormon world, but, Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, I've been living in LA for 18 years and one of my good friends who, you know, also Braden Barty, um, was a good friend of mine from my singles ward before I got married. And so I had been friends with him all these years and he's shot some of my music videos. And so he had a Halloween party and John was there and me and my husband were there and he was wearing these like really short shorts, like gym shorts <laughs> and some high socks and maybe some roller skates and maybe like a tank top and like a sweatband. I think that's my, my first memory of meeting John. And then, yeah. And then I just cold called him for my video and then he responded. And anyway, that's kind of how kind of all adds up, but he was in Santa Clarita and I'm in thousand Oaks and actually I think he lives in, he lives in Washington now. Yeah. Um, Portland, Portland. Portland. I don't think he lives in Portland, Portland does he? I, think well, he lives actually in Portland. I don't even know that he wants us to talk about where he lives. But he's close his address to is. Yeah. Let's find his actual address. Let's Google. Uh, what do you call it? Google. Uh, anyway, I'm getting you way off base. Yeah. You no, have, I, should, I wasn't even supposed to be here, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know who you are. I just um, happened to get slid a message. Like, you're you're always meant to be here. I just bring breath wherever I go. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why they have so much chemistry. My wife actually, she saw the movie and she was like, wait, are those two friends in real life? And I was like, yes, they are. Like she could feel it. Yeah. Can you feel it? So when you guys go, you guys are obviously all in in town here for the Utah premiere of Funny Thing About Love. Uh, Do you guys like doing this kind of thing? No. (laughs) I don't mind. We're joking. (laughs) I like, I think there's a lot of people that are going to love this film. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited for them to see it and laugh. And yeah, Summer's such a, she has no <laughs> bad angles. She did such a good job in this film. And I'm so excited to like watch her light up the screen and see all of our friends. I'll yeah. admit, I'm like a little squeamish about watching this movie with like a hot cup, couple hundred people. I mean, yeah. Jason, how do you feel about this? Yeah. I mean, it's a little uh, nerve wracking. I've never done a premiere, but I, I have done things at the Sarah theater. Um, and I remember, I just feel like the audience is usually very friendly. They're rooting for you. And I feel like it's a fun, uh, great family friendly romp, um, that people will enjoy. I I think it is sort of an interesting scenario because people will come up and be like, Oh my gosh, you were so great. Even if you were terrible, which you aren't, but people (laughs) will do that. I hope they do because you know, people are polite and I don't think that, but what I don't think that they realize is as you're watching the film, if there's a part that you think is particularly funny or particularly sweet or whatever those things are, and you're sitting there with them and there's not that reaction (laughs) from the people that you sit with, like instantly it's like, Oh, okay. You sort of slink down in your chair a little bit or something like that. That would be the hard part, I think. I mean, yeah, I definitely think that um, as a musician, there's this always like you finish a song and you're so stoked on it and you're like, this is great and I love it. And then there's this like, then there's the moment when it's not just yours anymore and you put, give it to everybody else. And it's like, yeah, you could have sworn maybe something was so much better than (laughs) it seems like people are receiving it. And I mean, that's some of the vulnerabilities of being a performer, being an artist, being a creator is making something and hoping people do feel it, but you, you can't control that at that point. You kind of have to release it. And it takes a lot of times of doing that to kind of like, let that be. Yeah. 
Uh, a question uh, that I have want to ask the three of you is what's next? Obviously, this is going to be for the next few weeks with an actual, uh, you know, theater, theatrical release and on demand, people will be able to get it. I would imagine most of your near future attention will be on that. But as you look in, into the horizon into 22 and 23, what, what is happening for each of you? We'll start with Jason. Uh, yeah, um, my plan is to do uh, Studio C, which is a sketch show I'm on for one more season. Uh, so that'll start again next year. And then I'm hoping that this movie leads to some fun things. I would absolutely love, I, I really think we could do a sequel uh, with this film if it did well enough. I think there's some fun characters that I, it would be fun to explore more different stories and things um, or just do something together because I think it'd be very fun to, to get the band back together as it were mm -hmm. with this group and do um, some project together. And uh, so yeah, I, I, I really I really enjoy feature films. It's the first time I've ever done one to completion and uh, I really want to just kind of keep going with it and see where it takes me that's awesome uh brooke what about you what what is next um well right now i'm you know i'm kind of you know more probably in the music world than the film world though i i welcome it i i guess i always find it really difficult to find parts as a you know an lds lady <laughs> um but what do you uh, mean by that what do you mean by that brooke well i just mean that I've you done cover, a because you things. cover your shoulders in films. Is that what you're talking about? That's the least of our worries, yeah. to be honest. I think that's a really long conversation, to be honest. I I mean, I've done two other made for I feel like that whole family-friendly zone is kind of where we reside. Um, it's just those opportunities aren't as plentiful as you know we wish that they were. Um, obviously, I love the idea of us doing something all together again and whether that was a sequel or, or something else and coming up with something really fun and clever, but also again, that kind of aligns with who we are as people would be nice. But um, yeah, I just think it's, it's difficult, you know, whenever I've gone out for auditions or been sent auditions from, you know, I did a couple made for TV movies that were also family friendly and that was great. But I always feel like whenever I got auditions, there was just always inevitably like a couple very big things that I was like, Hmm, don't know if I could do that. Like, you know, I'm in bed with a guy with a cigarette and I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah. I just need to see me being very, very authentic in this yeah. role, you know? Yeah. But um, anyway, that I'm in the music zone right now. I have a band called super good things and it's like an indie pop project. And we've written like 40 songs since mid pandemic we started. And it was just a writing project to, again, kind of take, you know, get us out of the pandemic uh, blues. And it's just kind of tucking off into a fun project. So I've been working on that and um, yeah. Oh, by the way, we wrote a song for this movie. We didn't yeah. even mention this, but Summer is an amazing lyricist and uh, had this couple page doc, uh, Google doc of wonderful, hilarious and dramatic lyrics. And we took it and we uh, got on a little FaceTime one day and we've written a lot of songs together for Girls with Glasses, our web series. And so we did write a song and it's at the end of the movie. So I'm just putting that. So that comes out next Tuesday called Funny Thing About Love. So that's easy. <laughs> anyway, so, there's that. Summer, what's next for you? So my husband and I, we also make films and we have a film coming out in the beginning of the year called Imminence. And it's very different so than different. this. Um, it's a psychological thriller in a, on a boat in the middle of the ocean. So that will be coming out next year. I'm really excited to share that too. A very different role. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, she leads in that too. And I'm super excited that the two of you never heard before are going to duet funny thing about love, just like 16 bars right now. That's awesome. Here <laughs> oh on my this, gosh. Here no, on this Zoom. That's amazing. Go ahead. Not whenever really you're... Till Tuesday. You can't no, have I, it till okay, Tuesday. I, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to like give any teasers until well, I we we, we haven't cleared it through our, our director, tied. Adam White, who oh. Yeah, it was. It's okay. I actually was talking with Adam, and he insisted on it. Um, so, so go ahead. Uh, do you need like a? I've got a little pitch pipe here. Do we need to? How do we need to start? Oh, you're this? killing you me, man. Me. I don't know about this. <laughs> Give us a seat. Do we want to start right here. We start right here. Is that a little too high? Not too high. A little too high. Bring it down here. My heart crashed right into the ground when you said that I should fly. I never really wanted to see your face again, like a slap across my cheek when you said we still be friends. This wasn't a movie, no. Kissing in the rain, no love song playing, no running after my plane. You just stood there and you watched me get away, and you don't know what to say. Ain't that the funny thing about love? Changes like the weather, blowing around like a feather, baby. That's the funny thing about love. Soaring like a dove, then you curse the sky above, baby. Ain't it funny? It ain't funny at all, at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Ow, I, you, that's it. That's all you get. Peer pressure still works. It does. Don't ask me to do drugs now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Don't ask me to jump off a bridge. I'm not, I, no, I'm not going to do any of that. I love that. Do it. And, and Jason, it, do if, it. If, you, if you watch this video, you'll look at halfway through the song, Brooke, when Summer was like, I'm done. Can we be done? And you're like, and here we go again. And Summer's okay, like, can we talk about this? Yeah. There's natural ending points in songs. It's like the alphabet. You're not going to start, stop it like I. Yeah. You got to take it to Z at that point, yeah. at the very least. But it's just that, you know, there's natural ending points. And I just thought, end of chorus, it was a little longer than I was wanting. Like, I'm sorry. Brooke, Brooke, I just want you to know. See, you, you get me started and I can't control you, myself. You took it all the way to Z. That's right. Well, we Thank took you. it. We actually two more bars of chorus. So yep. I ended it a little earlier. All right. And a one and a two. Here. <laughs> She'll do it. Yeah. yeah. You guys, this is the cultural hall. There is a question that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I'll ask it of you, and I ask you to interpret it however you may. Uh, the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? And whoever would like to go first can answer that. Jason, how about you tell us first? <laughs> that was a really, like, that's a great question, because I feel like you could answer it in so many different ways. But um I think the, my favorite part is it just grounds me to know, it just helps me so much in the decisions I make, even like uh, with my career. Like I just know, like, uh, like uh, Brooke was talking about, like you know what type of movies you'll do, you'll know what type of music you'll do. Like you have this grounding, the center that you can always go back to. And so you never have to kind of betray yourself or be peer pressure to do something you don't want to do unless it's music. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's, that's what helps or that's what, yeah. Oh, I love right. that answer. That is a great one. We just say ditto. Ditto. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Are we just going in line? 
Uh, it doesn't matter whoever wants to go next. I this love this, that this is one of those questions that depending on, you know, to whom I ask it and how they interpret it, sometimes people are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not the same as you. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm asking. It's however, however you interpret that question. Let me say, I, I could definitely piggyback on that answer. Cause I do feel like having those commandments in place and just kind of having like guideposts is so helpful, but I think re recently what I've realized what I'm thankful for is that faith is for me that I'm thankful it's not stagnant, that it's always evolving. I'm always getting to learn and progress and whether that's in difficult ways or in like enlightening ways, just that it's just something that is constantly evolving and progressing and through different phases of life, you get to learn new things. You get to fall back on it in ways that you didn't realize you were going to hmm. before. And I'm just thankful that it, yeah, that it's just not like a stagnant thing or All at right, least I, want it to be. Um, I think uh, my parents are converts to the LDS church and we have a lot of family and friends and living in California, you know, you have so many different amazing people that you get to interact with and learn about their faiths. But a few things that I really love about my faith is that, uh, like families are forever. I think people in their bones feel that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's, um, that I love. And I also really love like having that connection to deity within yourself that you can trust. Oh, and, um, that to me has been something huge, again, making decisions in my life. Like when I feel like aligned and you feel that spirit and you're like, yes, this is something I want to do. Like, it's so much easier to make, have motion in your life and do things more confidently because you have that kind of interconnection. Yeah. So those are two things that I, I really like, but there's a lot. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Oh, yeah. If you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.